The Live Radio Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Ladian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Commanders, and welcome to episode 357 of Live Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix of Fire, otherwise known as Colin Ford, the Chief Archivist of Live Station. And joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our Chief Liaison Officer, Commander Psychons. Hello! Psyche. Sorry, I'm, I'm just putting my teeth back in. I seem to be. It appears so. <laughs> Uh, we also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. Uh, unfortunately, our, our um, Head of Health and Safety, or Commander in Charge of Filth, um, Commander Aid Levice, is ill this week. So what we've had to do is we've had to put a call out. So we've got our, our Squeer-in-Chief, Commander Crash, coming for a visit. Greetings. Greetings and and glad that everybody is here. Now, if you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging. Uh, we do have the Chris Mark Four who is um, hanging about somewhere. And yes, Ben is in the chat and complaining about my presentation file uh, style already. So it looks like we're not getting away from the filth after all. So hold on, Colin. Sorry, just, mm-hmm. if Ben is in charge of health and safety, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ben is ill. So does that make him head of safety? Because he can't be head of health because he's ill. Well, surely he's the expert of of health because he is ill. He's wishing he was healthy. Or maybe he's the head of sick and safety. Well, we certainly know he's sick in the head. Or is that a a little... To... I feel I feel like this is unfair because he's not here to give retorts. And even if he wasn't here, he, even if he was here, he wouldn't be able but to give retorts anyway. Best, that, that's the best time to pick on someone when they're not here. I mean, give him What's his it? allowance. Well, no. Every time, every time something goes wrong at our work, I know it's a case of blame the person who's on holiday. Mm. Oh, holiday is different. Holiday is fine. It's when they're sick when it's a problem. Or if they're not at the meet, if they're not at the meeting, you give them all the actions. That's the other rule, isn't it? <laughs> yep. And when they leave the business, they get the blame for everything. They do. 
Yes. Anyway, um, yes, we're, we are... We have the Chris Mark for running around Lave Station at the moment. Um, but if you can't join him, you can also join us at the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat or go to twitch.tv slash laveradio or go to laveradio on YouTube or go even onto Facebook because we're there as well. Although we're probably getting copyright strikes for just using common words these days. Um, so let's have a quick chat with the team, see what they've been up to for the last week. We'll start with Commander Shan. Uh, well, I have been exploring from Explorers Anchorage to Colonia this week, so I'm slowly making, making my way back on uh, my Shan Anigans account, so I'm going back to Colonia to collect all my ships, ready to transport them back. Um, I haven't, I've been Doms this week, I've got Doms, apparently. Um oh. Doms is is that the name of the illness that Ben's got? No, 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 no. This is delayed onset muscle soreness, and I've got it in my neck because yes, I am a pain in the neck. Before anyone says, but um, uh, what it was is a friend of mine lent me a draggy, and um, a draggy is a little box that sits on the car's dashboard, and it records things like quarter miles, naught to sixties, naught to one hundred, and all the usual drag strip things. So. Um, I didn't have it very long, so I spent a morning or Sunday morning um, drag stripping my car and recording various times of stuff. But I did it so much, it actually hurt my neck with all the accelerating, decelerating. So you so, gave yourself whiplash, in other words? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Self-inflicted whiplash. Did you know? Oh, did you know you can claim for that? Oh no, you'd have to sue yourself. Well, I, 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 of course, got no sympathy at all for Mrs. Shan, um, which distressed me greatly. And she just laughed at me and said, you complete Muppet, and then just laughed again and walked off. And, and I think we'll, we'll just, all of us here, let's say on the crew, uh, we will agree with Mrs. Shan and just laugh at you. It was, it was very fun. I, I, I used something like 15% of battery in seven miles. So that's a, that's the car equivalent of getting about three MPG, I think. Yeah, so we're going to have to change the tonight's episode to what they have just suggested in the chat room. Uh, the tonight's episode is called Shan's Adventure in Drag. Now that's a writing prompt for later. <laughs> Oh, is that is that what you want as your smutty? Sure, stuff, sure. Why not? <laughs> there you okay, have it. no sympathy from your lot. I, I have a medically approved injury, self-inflicted you on yourself. <laughs> and you lot have no sympathy. In fact, you had more sympathy for that stupid alpaca that was in, unjustly killed than you have for me. See, I told you he'd bring it up first. I told you he'd bring it up first. He's more <laughs> upset about this than any of us. Uh, yes, for all of those that have been following the alpaca news, it turned out that Geronimo, the executed alpaca that Shan is so uh, so fond of, didn't have TB after all. <laughs> we will just take a quick break as as uh, as a thirty second break, just in mourning. Actually, we're lying. We're not going to bother at all. Sorry, sorry, no. I was just reading about the um, the poor Geronimo. Um, yeah, uh, uh, apparently, um, the, uh, the 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 local Chinese restaurant um, introduced a new dish where he was, which soon sold out. <laughs> what curried alpaca? 
Well, they call it chicken. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, moving on from there. Um, <clears throat> Commander Crash, how have you been for, oh, good grief, how long? Oh, it's it's been a while. I've I've been a busy busy boy as always. I was, I was just talking about it before we came on. Oh my goodness, so many things going on in in family life. Sorting gardens inside, outside. I've got a skip full of rubbish going in my front garden, and the, the massive sort out everywhere. I've been just really really busy with everything. Um, but game wise, I brought the squaddies back from uh, Colonia. Uh, the carrier is now safely back in our headquarters in Teshub. So uh, that's why I am here in Lave's headquarters. So uh, yeah, glad to be back. Got lots of catching up to do. <laughs> I know. Uh, yes, it, it's quite a lot's been happening. I do like the fact that um, <laughs> we seem to have confused poor Commander Sorrowful. This is an, an Elite Dangerous podcast. Don't worry, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Um, right, Psykit, now you have been especially busy this, this weekend. We've been busy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and we'll probably touch on some of those things that you've been busy with later. But apart from that, what else have you been up to? I've been um, predominantly playing a hecton of No Man's Sky, honestly. Like, I, haven't, mm-hmm. I hadn't played it before this week, right. or before last week. I hadn't played it since, uh, for 11 months. Yeah. And a heck of a lot of change has changed, and yep. they've got they they do they do these expedition things, and these expedition things really remind me of back in the day when I used to play a shed ton of mo- modern modern Minecraft, mm-hmm. and there were quest books that you could re- complete something, and it would give you stuff back that would help expedite. Um, another quest or help help your progress elsewhere so I've been just like you know faffing my way through that and Mm. it's been wonderful yeah I mean I must admit every time No Man's Sky actually come out with an update I do end up spending uh, I normally wipe my save start all over from the beginning and see how far I get and I normally get about 20 to 20 hours in before you know finally I think oh no I'm back to Elite Dangerous (laughs) I'm doing the same this time, but um, not with the same vigor, if you see yeah. what I mean. So, it, uh, because I must admit, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying Odyssey enough not for it to rip me away the to No Man's Sky, if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm still playing Elite, but I'm just yeah. playing a lot of No Man's Sky as well because it's 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 not scratching the space itch; it's scratching the the Minecraft itch, which I I forgot about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, there is the crafting side of um, of No Man's Sky, which I absolutely love because I am at the moment building up this this uh, this fantastic base. But of course, I've got to get all the the stuff together to do it. So, yes. Um, anything else? Oh, just flight assist things. Different podcast, wrong wrong show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, right. Well, okay. Let's, let's see what I've been up to. Obviously, like I, I've just mentioned, uh, I've been doing a little bit of No Man's Sky. Uh, I have been doing some, um, uh, a lot of Odyssey and Elite, uh, mostly uh, getting my Powerplay Commander up to its pro- its right level. Um, obviously, this I streamed twice last week, believe it or not, uh, to get my Colin to Colonia person to the next uh, to the next base, which is um, 6,000 light years away from Lave, which that's the furthest I've managed so far. 
which isn't too bad for a 27 clipper. Uh, and then finally, yeah, usual stuff. Um, someone wants a Xeno Bunny update. Um, why Why would anybody want the Xeno Bunny update? Because he's as part of the show, like you are. <sighs> That's a... Okay, yeah, since you is this since you want to know he's fine, he's he's losing his summer coat and we've got rabbit fur everywhere. Is, is, is that helpful? Do they mole? Yeah. Okay. Well this one does. So hey, could they're... you not could you not collect the fur and like knit something with it, like a little scarf or something? Tell you what, Shan, if you want, I will get all his fur, put it into a little plastic bag and send it down to you. You might be able to stuff it and use it to stuff a pillow or something. And that means you'd have Zeni- a Xeno bunny stuffed pillow. How does that sound? Well, we could actually dispose of said Xeno bunny and use it all as a pillow. Again, he's now back to the um, the destroying of animals, just like Geronimo. So I, c- I can see this going round in a big circle. <laughs> right. I-, I think we should move on before we get a little distracted, a little bit more distracted. Um, shall we talk about the development news this week? Um, well, first of all, um, the, obviously from the large amount of uh, discussion that we had about the uh, the fix-it list, one of the things that they did miss out from the fix-it list was um, an automated accounts influencing BSG and PowerPlay issue. Um, that was highly voted and people wanted to, to look at it. Oh. Or people to look at it, but Bruce put a response up saying effectively that um, <clears throat> well, it's not really a bug, uh, and it's not really a, a, a design issue. It's more like a user issue. Um, shouldn't really be in the issue tracker, and we are still looking into it, and so on and so forth. Uh, and I don't think that was came across as a very satisfactory answer, <laughs> the way people responded. Um, Shan? Yeah, I mean, I, I, in one respect, I can see where Frontier are coming from with that. It's, strictly speaking, not a issue or, or a bug. But when you do come across something like botting or exploiting a stuff, people want to know and have visible information that something's actually happening about it. Mm. Because unless it's tracked pub- publicly, you could quite reasonably think, well, Frontier just swept it under the carpet to get rid of it, and we'll never hear anything about it again. And therefore, there's no accountability for dealing with it. So I think that may be where some of the salt was coming from. Yes, I can completely understand they're not going to talk about how to do it or uh, where it happened and all that sort of stuff. I completely understand about the mechanics of it and not you know, going for it that way, but it should be tracked and we should have public and accountable view that are actually working on it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the feedback is that we don't want the actual details of who's been banned. We just would like to know if, you know, X number of people have been removed from the game. We don't need to know their, the personal details. Crash. It, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It's something they've been they've actually been working on from the very very early days of Elite, and they've kept it shun because it's one of those like arms race type situations. If they kind of give any information about even the subtlest little thing, like percentages of number of people that have been called out or or volumes of uh, of things, 
that could be correlated by people that are doing exploits to kind of realize that, oh, well, when we did this particular thing, they managed to catch a lot more of our accounts. So, you know what I mean? Even the slightest little bit of information they give publicly can be used against them to counter the measures that they're putting in. It's a really tricky balance. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is something that uh, people... Uh, although, I mean, I was listening to the Guard Frequency this week, and they were saying that um, one of the things they've got to try and balance is the fact that they've got to work out how what percentage of the player base is actually bothered by this. Uh, and if it's worth the inconven- inconveniencing the majority of people who are not bothered about BSG and or power play uh, with fixes to do uh, to bring this into line, and they might have come to the conclusion that if only ten percent of the ten um, percent of the people are bothered about BGS and one percent are bothered about power play, it's not worth it. So, uh, yeah, Shan. Well, in response to what Crash was saying, and again, I'm still working this through in my head, so I'm, I'm, I'm sort of playing catch-up in my mind really. But in response to the, if we tell people about it, they'll be able to adapt better and they'll know who it's affecting and stuff like that. Well, my thought around that is, well, they probably know anyway. You know, it's not as though if you don't read something on the Frontier Forum, the information goes away. So they probably know what's going on anyway with that. And the, the guard frequency, I, again, I can understand where they're coming from. It, it may notionally not be worth bothering because it affects so few people. However, um, burglary doesn't affect that many people, but people are still bothered about it. You know, it, it's a question of principle. And people don't, people want to know that people who exploit, people who hack, break the rules, who whatever, are dealt with. Because that's just fundamental. What makes a game well run is this sense of we have control over the situation. Okay. Um, Psychic, quickly jump in there. I think, um, first and foremost, we, we you can say, yeah, I think people think, but I did what you're talking about is like your own experience and the small amount of people that you've spoken to about it. From the um, el- from Elite Dangerous standpoint, and we've seen this time and time again, the predominant amount of people that play this game, according to statistics, are people who play in solo. Now, those people mm-hmm. won't necessarily be interested in um, the background simulation. They might be interested in a little bit of power play. They might be fully invested into the background simulation and power play but without them adding weight to an already um already contentious issue we're never going to know and i um i feel that a lot of people who may be playing solo on that aware of the of the increased community that um, uh, um elite dangerous has which is a shame but um the all, all the same it's um it's I don't feel that botting or saying that um, the amount of bots um, that they ban, for example, if they ban ban X amount of bots, it's like you see um, Warzone banning 40,000 bots. You go on the next day and there was a hacker. It's not going to stop the issue. Chan? Uh, I thought uh, you wanted to say something, didn't you, Colin? No, no. That's sort of, okay. Um... No, no. I was, I was just thinking through what, what Psychic said. I think it depends on how you phrase the question when you ask people. Because if you say, are you worried about botting affecting power play? I would suggest most people would go, no, 
because it's about power play. If you phrase the question, are you concerned about people using automated scripts to gain advantage in the game? They'd go, oh, yes, I am. So it purely or depends on go, how you phrase Or they'd go, oh, I didn't know that people were using automated scripts to use something in the game. So, yeah, that would make me worried. Do you, do you see what I mean? The, the, the people that you're asking those leading questions to might not even know that it's something that um, that exists. But it's um, Frontiers, like, the, the evidence came from Frontier that people played in solo. So it's likely that they might they wouldn't necessarily have a, as high a um, interest in the background simulation, for sure, because that tends to be focused more around player factions. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I would... Sorry, Con. Yeah, I mean, the point that um, I was trying to uh, to make this is, is that some people uh, suggested there would be some kind of um, check and balance where um, the, I don't know, the, if you requested docking, the docking controller says, sure, you can dock if you put in this pin uh, so that that would stop, you know, stop people, uh, they'd have to put in a pin to, to actually get docking clearance. Now, that kind of thing would be, Yes, it would certainly stop the bots, but it would cause a problem for the 85% of people in solo who it wouldn't affect whatsoever. And it, that it would just that kind of thing would just cause problems. So they've got to kind of balance uh, how this thing is handled. Crash. I, I was going to jump in, but I didn't want to be rude. But I would just say from a point of view as someone who's, who's a developer and let's just say, may or may not have played around with various tools and utilities in this kind of area of expertise, should we put it that way? I'm just being very can coy around that. Um, you'd be scared how much you can automate. And even something like what you just suggested there, not, not trying to shoot it down, but something like that, you could train a bot to deal with that. So it's a big challenge. I don't know whether Frontier has the resources in order to deal with botting on this scale. When you look at something like uh, a GTA, for example, it's rife with bots. It's absolutely terrible. Like you, you step into any session now and you guarantee there's, like, there's either a bot or an exploiter. Um, it's it's an awful, awful you know place to be in. And I, I just don't know whether Frontier can ever actually solve that problem. Okay, Sean? Well, I, I would suggest that such a problem now it's just not solvable with Elite because you mentioned in GTA. I know people in GTA, I know the Rockstar, the GTA, have had a real go at botting and exploiters and stuff like that, haven't they? If I remember rightly, they banned a whole load mm -hmm. of people and they, it still happened. But through making it public, it does, in, it, it does say, well, actually, Rockstar care about the online part of the game. I mean, solo play, solo play, if you think of Elite as a solo player game, a single player game, it kind of doesn't matter what you do because in your head, you're only affecting you. It's the same as, I don't know, cheating in Skyrim and giving yourself a thousand hit points or whatever it is. It just, it's just you and your, and your game, so it doesn't care what you do. As soon as you move online and you, your actions start to affect other people, then you have to say, well, actually, there needs to be a referee to make sure people aren't aren't illegitimately affecting other people, and I think it's that being a referee part that I think people are probably more concerned about than the actual what people are bossing. I don't know. I'm I'll throw it over to people to to think about, but I would suggest it's your it's the affecting other people bit that people care about. 
Right. Okay. Well, we're going to move on for that because we've discussed botting before and we'll probably come back to it in the future at some point. The next point caused quite a lot of um, uh, disco, well, uh, quite a lot of salt on the forums, this one. Um, Frontier launched their financial reports. There were two, uh, one which is their... uh, how should I put it? Pro- promotional report where they have a, a company go through their their books and try and uh, basically um, uh, put everything in their best light, and then they also have the uh, official financial report to the stock market. Now um, the results from this showed that um, they uh, that Frontier made their projected earnings just, um, but. I think it was the comments about the launch of of uh, Odyssey that got people a little bit upset because um, uh, I'll I'll say I'll, I'll just quote directly here. It sort of said, "And completing this large and complex expansion without the benefits of face-to-face collaboration was challenging, and despite a successful alpha period, unfortunately, the launch was hindered by connectivity issues, and this turned the positive reception of the alpha into one of negativity." Uh, right now. Uh, Basically, um, basically, this seemed to um, upset a lot of people. And we'll start with Crash, I think. (laughs) Hashtag blame Rona. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it does seem like a bit... It sounds like a bit of a cop-out to me. It's like, we screwed up. Um, Yeah, I get it. It, it It is challenging. I've seen businesses on either side of that coin where some have thrived in in the last couple of years and then others have found it really really difficult um so i feel for them in that sense yeah it 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 is difficult but that doesn't cover all of the mistakes that have happened with that i don't think it's purely a we haven't been able to work together type thing um Mm. there's a there's a lot more problems that happened with odyssey which weren't related to inability to collaborate i think yeah i mean it's it is the fact that the i think people were just looking at this Launch was hindered by connectivity issues. Come on, pull the other one. Um, yeah, that's. I, I think that's the the one key phrase that everybody is. It, it you know, is the one bit that that got everybody, um, because I think everybody. Well, it depends on what they first of all define as a, a successful alpha. Alpha. It might have been successful for them, but a lot of people felt it wasn't, uh, and. We all know that it wasn't just connectivity issues. It was a lot more than connectivity issues, and we're still working through the, those issues right now. Um, in addition to this, they, they put, uh, the overall reception to this major content update has been disappointing, but we are confident as we improve and enhance the Odyssey experience that we will see more and more commanders engage with this expansion. Um, that is quite a statement because they've also downgraded the estimates of the amount of revenue they're going to get off Odyssey by about £10 million. It's quite a chunk. I think it was 25 and it's now down to £15 million they're hoping to get from Odyssey and it's um, and I, I, I don't know, I guess the arcs that people are going to spend on Odyssey. Um, right. I'm bracing myself here, Shan. Uh, deep breath. Um, I've 
I believe it was a failure of connectivity that caused the problems with um, Odyssey. Uh, and it's not network connectivity, it's not corona, it's connectivity with the real world. Um, I, 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 I tried to think of how this could possibly be correct, and it just isn't. I'm sorry, you know, someone at Frontier, even if it was written by an analyst, had to sign off on that statement. And at worst, it's a significant error. At best, it's a significant error. At worst, it's a barefaced lie. And I, I, I know I'm negative to Frontier. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But it's dishonest. And, a and they've been trying really hard to gain trust back in the community. And the poor CMs have been working so hard to get the trust and build the momentum back up. And then something like this come happens and torpedoes a lot. And if they'd have phrased it differently, if they'd have not just mentioned connectivity, which implies, oh, it's someone else's fault, it was the network, it was this. No, it wasn't. It was, I don't know, I'm exasperated with them, to be fair. Um, I just don't get how this helps Frontier's case in rebuilding trust in the community. And that makes me sadder than, than usual. Um, and we can all say, well, what was your success criteria for the alpha? Well, if you read the forums, you would know there were significant problems in the alpha that needed to be addressed before it went live. That's not a success. I mean, yes, I guess it's successful in that you, you, you caught loads of bugs, I suppose. But then isn't a successful alpha actually taking the feedback from an alpha and moving it forward so it goes into, into production? Yeah, their definition of successful is probably very different from the player bases. Their definition of successful is, yeah, well, we actually got it all to work together, which um, that's the whole point of the alpha. And then, um, yeah. It's it's like just, it. it's, sorry. Yeah. I mean, like, we got it all to work, and we also managed to make a shared ton of money from the other people. Because uh, you've got to remember that this is, a financial statement. So the idea of success in this instance isn't, oh no, it's buggy as hell. We were successful because we managed to get other people to pay for it. And lots of people bought the game so that they had access to the alpha. That is the success metric at that point. Yes, okay, there were a shit ton of um, connectivity issues, but that was a mere drop in the ocean considering everything else that um, was going on at the same time. Um, I don't necessarily think that this is a big hill that I've, like the the salt mongers. I don't necessarily think necessarily that this would be uh, the hill for a salt monger to die on. Although you said one thing, but actually there were a lot more issues than just that. Yeah, the the, the issue with this one, I think, is because the, the actual proper financial report is supposed to be a legal document, and the fact that it it the connectivity issues don't cover. I mean, they've got the, the gist right. They've sort of expanded, you know, they had, a, a, air quotes, successful alpha, and then they went to the, the actual release, and then um, that was negatively re uh, received. That narrative's completely true. It's the, it's the reason behind the narrative that was the issue. Um, Chan? Yeah, I was about to say what you were saying, Colin. The, the oh. difference is it's not a marketing statement. It is a legally binding commercial statement 
And yes, you can weasel around it and say, well, technically there were connectivity issues, I suppose. But then there's been con connectivity issues of the same vein with every single version release or major release of Elite. So that's that's no surprise for me that there are these issues because, hey, it's happened all the time. I think if, for me personally, and I can only speak for me, for me personally, is I will not support a company that displays a lack of integrity or disingenuous and I hesitate to use dishonest statement in a legal document. I will not grace them with my money again because I'm sorry, but I have I have personal standards of a company's behavior. And I've applied it to things like Facebook and all sorts of other companies that have been dodgy in the past. And it really pains me to say it that Frontier are really close to the wit to to that line with me. And I hate to say it, but I'm sorry, it's just inexcusable a way of saying it. Okay. Um, uh, has anybody got any final points you'd just like to say about this before we move on to the next bit? No? Okay. Um, yeah, following this on, uh, both ourselves and uh, Obsidian Ant put um, up polls asking people on YouTube effectively asking them what they thought the uh, biggest reasons for Odyssey's perceived negative reaction actually was. Uh, the, and people had um, uh, four options, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here. We had A, frame rate, B, bad or inconsistent design, C, connectivity, and C, planetary graphics and lighting, etc. And I'm afraid to say that the main, uh, the main result in both uh, in both polls was basically bad slash inconsistent design, which is um, with connectivity coming second, frame rate coming third, and finally planetary graphics coming right down the bottom. So, I mean, it seems to me that that's, that's people who aren't happy with the, the need. You, need. you need a percent now, do you? Yes, in, in, each, in each poll, we should say what percentage of how many people said that. I don't have the permissions to actually see what our results were. Uh, hold on. Go to crash and I'll... I do. I have it now. Okay, then go on. On our results, uh, of 58, of 58 vote, votes on our results, it was 62% um, said bad inconsistent design, 26% said frame rate, 9% said planetary graphics and lighting, and 3% said connectivity. All right, so I got that completely wrong. On ants... Mm -hmm. Um, not enjoyable, inconsistent gameplay design. Um, this is out of um, 12,000 votes. Yep. Not enjoyable, inconsistent gameplay design is 70%. Um, FPS performance issues, 21%. Uh, bugs and crashing, 8%. Connectivity problems, 1%. Yeah. So there we there we go. And that's not how... Yeah, 70% of 12,000 people... Um, yeah, that's quite, quite a. It's basically people are not happy with the way that Odyssey has slotted in with the actual main game of Elite. Possibly, but yeah, I think I think the main thing is that seventy percent of twelve K think it's deeper than just FPS or graphical issues. Oh yeah. Oh no, that's that's completely understandable. Um, Crash, do you have a point? 
Um, yeah, I, mean, I was quite surprised at the options, actually. I, I went there completely blind. Um, I didn't realize what the four options were going to be. I would have said something else would have been the uh, the, the most uh, prominent thing there. But no, I, I get it from a gameplay design. But they were always up against a wall with this. I, I've been saying it for a long, long time. Is trying to slot in on-foot gameplay into an, an existing... Uh, game design was always going to be a really big challenge for them and I, I i didn't see how they were going to be able to do it it's the same with the in ship interior stuff that everyone keeps bringing up i don't see how they can slot that in to the existing game in a meaningful way um so i can see why that's a big turn off for a lot of people the gameplay this there is just not what the current player base expected or wanted um but then i don't think that was the real des design goal so i don't think they've failed so much so i think they failed to deliver something that the current player base wants they were aiming to deliver and design something which was for a different audience yeah um i mean i think that i mean this is this is one thing that i think that did one of the disconnects that we've got is that a lot of people have have said that as far as they were, they were concerned they wanted ship interiors uh but i think if if anybody seen how um, Star Citizen is handling the ship interiors, you know that those, that um, that would involve a huge up uh, requirement in in new um, hardware requirements and things like that. And then on top of that, could you get something like Star Citizen working on an Xbox or a PlayStation Four? I don't think so. Um, but yeah. And a lot of people have different ideas about what everything, what what you could do within station interior. Uh, sorry, um, ship interiors. Some people just want to uh, walk around their ship. Other people want to have full on, um, full on boarding actions and things like that. The the amount just as a software engineer and looking at the amount of network traffic that would just be required to do two ships in a system doing a boarding action with every all the all the the things that that entails just melts my brain <laughs> just thinking about the network traffic alone um okay shan i was just thought listening to what you and crash were were saying and kind of i get the limitations of the engine and things like that but i think what people expected had been blatantly clear since it was it was released seven years ago. So I think what people that wanted from Space Legs has been released. And what I would have wanted to have seen is is a upfront, this is this is what the scope is. Yes, we know about this, we know about this. However, it was just too complicated or too expensive, whatever, to deliver this. So people went into this being led to believe that there's some mythical branch somewhere that contains more than what the Alpha had. And then when it hit on the 19th of May, suddenly finding it didn't. And all the stuff they'd been dreaming about and talking about and stuff like that just wasn't going to happen, wasn't going to be there. And so I think, yeah, I don't I, I think I think it's um, a failure of design, personally. Um, sorry, but I, I just do. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, Crash? If, yeah, I was going to say, if I could jump in, you, you kind of read my mind. I was going to say, the, the first thing that came to mind when the question was, you know, what was what was the thing that people thought was the most <laughs> the reason for the negative perception, the first thing that came to my mind was the, the lies. <laughs> so I just wanted to jump in and reaffirm that. That's kind of where my brain went. 
Yeah. Um, well, okay. Um, now, obviously, this Monday, we had uh, an update on the progress of Update 7. Now, we were expecting Update 7 to come this week. Uh, they have put it back another week because apparently abandoning a mission causes us also a CG to be abandoned, which is a quite a, uh, a stonking bug. Um, so FD are now working on a fix of this and they want it to be in update seven. Uh, so therefore they're pushing that back a week. Uh, personally, I think that's probably the right thing to, to do. Um, if, because I got, well, CGs are quite important especially at the moment, and we'll, we'll definitely be touching on that at a at a later point. Um, Psychic? I just want to say that we, we had the conversation a little while back about when we thought it was going to come out, and I said the 23rd, and I feel vindicated. Yeah, I had the 16th down, so I was I was there thinking, yes, I got it right, and then <laughs> ob obviously on Monday I went, oh, God, I'm not going to hear the end of this. Woohoo! Vindication! Yeah. Vindication! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shan? I, I, I'm not sure when it was expected to hit, but being grumpy, I expect it to be later than we thought. Um, but I don't mind the fact it's been delayed a week, to be fair, because from, from the sounds of it, they unearthed the bug pretty late in the code testing, and they delayed it because I, I'd rather not have a patch one week and then another patch the week after, because that sends a completely different message about your quality control as if, oh crap, we suddenly discovered this error, we got to issue another patch. Or, yeah, we found a bug, it's going to take a week later and while well, we fix it. I prefer yeah. the latter approach than, than having people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, one of the things that I, I, I as a software developer, again, as a software developer, I do appreciate the fact they sort of said, right, okay, you know, we found something, we think it's critical, we're putting it back uh, and yeah, we'll we'll take it from there because the one thing that we've all seen is basically when a release goes live and there's one issue that really stops something major from happening, and I suspect the CG will be something major, then um, yeah, that's that should be a priority. Um, right, so obviously we had a little bit of a of a sneak peek today as well on uh, today's stream, um, Arf showed a photograph or the, of uh, the latest build. And it's a little sneak peek of what looks like Arthur as a commander on the concourse of a megaship. He looks really happy, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he looks ecstatic. But then again, I have never seen a happy-looking commander. That's because they don't exist. I've seen gormless-looking ones. No, I've, I've well, I've certainly seen that whenever I've gone in a, a blooming uh, Apex taxi, the pilot's always looking over at me and going, is that you? Do you think this commander looks a little bit like Etienne Dawn's fame cousin? Again, we're back to the obsession you've got with Etienne Dawn. Well, that was an honour of Souverine. Yes, well, true. Yes. Um, well, so it goes to show that they are working. They're, they're, they are working uh, on continue to work rather on Odyssey, and that that will be one of the things that will be coming, but obviously not in update seven just for future down the line. Now, obviously, last Thursday, there was um, the Elite Dangerous' narrative roundtable, um, of which we might have an inside job on this one. Psychic? Don't know what you're talking about. It was good fun. It was good fun. It was... Um, 
it was it was interesting in the fact that um there was me who I I like I just love the stories and I get really involved in and stuff in the in the stories and then there's Crow and Malik who do, do not let their feelings control them in any way <laughs> and come stacked with all of these bits of information but it did make me it did make me realize that there's a couple of places that I've missed that I need to go and visit so that's really cool but um yeah it was a really really fun conversation it was so fun watching them go toe, to, toe together as well and sh- and like cuz they have very very different different opinions which is quite nice but yeah it was it was good fun it was good fun i really enjoyed it Oh, excellent. I mean, um, apparently you had, you were given something like two or three sheets of A4 for, for, you, for you guys to cover. And you covered about, what, four lines? Yeah, about that. It was like, it, there was constant, constant questions. And I'm like, what do you think of this? And I'm looking at it, knowing knowing me, Malik and Crow, knowing how much me and Crow have talked about one topic in the past, like over over hours we've spent just talking. And there's, I was like, there's no way. There's not a chance in hell. Can we like at least talk about some of the more recent stuff? Because the more recent stuff is really exciting and interesting and fresh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I kind of know that that issue. It it does seem to um, go back over over all ground quite a lot. So uh, yes. So um, I think moving on from there. <laughs> I mean, you did enjoy being on the inside track there, didn't you? I I just really I really enjoyed trying to get um trying to get Malik to give an opinion rather than uh, um, an, opi- an opinion that wasn't based on any evidence. That was really fun. That was my favourite part. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Shan, you wanted to talk about Megaship Interiors. Uh, yeah, I was just going to remind people that the images shown are for Megaships, not for fleet carriers. Yes, they're good call, actually, because the Megaship, I don't want people getting confused about that. They know that people want a concourse on on the fleet carriers. They know it, but they're not saying anything about it just yet. So, um, yeah, go figure what you mean by that. So um, we're just going to quickly go through the news of, of what has been happening in the actual Elite Dangerous Galaxy. Of course, um, if you want more detail of this, um, our, our friend... Uh, Pete Wotherspoon as the Galnet News, which we normally do at the end of the show. Um, however, what has been happening this week? Um, we've got Akron Delaney has reinstate uh, retaliates against the former giant. Now, this is that the Kumo Council has now declared war on the Hathis Purple and Dynamic Group for um, them supporting the neo-medical industries, which is basically legalised Onion Head, uh, and that is the ongoing CG. So you can have a good scrap over um, whether you not you want illegal drugs or legal drugs. So uh, <laughs> that's that's going to be uh, that's a fun one. Um, also. Uh, we have the Empire marking the uh, first year anniversary of the NMLA attacks on uh, their their systems. Um, and we all know that the NMLA don't seem to have gone away. Uh, they are still hiding in the background, even though the, their capability has been reduced somewhat. I can't believe that's been a year. I know. I know. It, it's It's 
something that's got me because basically um, I was just reading through some of the stuff that um, we'd been going through. And it's, it's more than six months now since the Space Dredger first appeared. No. It's coming up to it. Yeah, I think that's in April. OMG. I know. <laughs> it just feels... <laughs> Nights are drawing in. Oh, my God. <laughs> In other news, right, rebellion is spreading throughout the Federation. It seems that seven more federal factions and now several severed ties with the superpower in protest uh, against the government monitoring of communications. Um, now, somebody in the chat room really wanted us to discuss this. I mean, um, do you do you guys feel that this this is potentially it, is the momentum for this building? Is it going to be a threat to the Federation? I don't know necessarily that it'll be a threat. Could, I mean, the, losing a few factions here and there, It's a it, Federation's big, like the rest of them. Um, but I think it might it might put more pay to in the idea of a, a new superpower maybe eventually forming at some point. Shan? Mm. Um, so where are these disgruntled powers going? Are they going to the Alliance? Are they going to the Empire? Or are they sticking to their own little club with their own um, immigration and fishing it's, policies? It's, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all basically fe FedExing. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's such a bad joke. That's such a bad joke, honestly. No, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was being serious, because if, if we think they're going to join the Alliance, and to be fair, if they want independence and you want an 800-pound gorilla behind you to stop other people stomping you, the natural home, I would, would have thought, would have been the Alliance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I guess things are in flux. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, Crash? Yeah, it, it is a weird one. I, I don't see them ever completely breaking apart. The Federation has been an established thing in the lore of the games for hundreds of years, isn't it? So it's I don't think they're ever gonna get to that sort of extent, but it, it is nice to see it mixing things up. I I would guess they're gonna go just independent, just give us something interesting to to do in game, something interesting to talk about. But uh yeah, there seems to be a lot of Federation hate. I don't get it. Well according to this, uh from Apoc V Gaming in the uh uh, in the in the chat, it says since 2018, the Federation has lost control over over 2,000 systems. They've lost 35% of their controlled systems since 2018, and the Emperor Empire is down by 18%. The Alliance and Indies have headed up. 2,000. I mean, that's even before the um, before all this kicked off. So, but are those? systems are those player group systems or are they in-game action systems if you see what I mean probably yeah. a mixture of both I would have thought if it's 2,000 systems um, likely to be a mixture of both player groups tend to lean towards alliance or independent I think for the, my, it's my understanding for the most part um, so I would, I would have thought that it would be a, a decent mixture of just natural wastage from certain federation systems and player groups so yeah i mean it just goes to prove that the, the galaxy still is in flux nothing does seem to uh um is you know stay static as it used to so uh, it, it'd be interesting to keep an eye on this one uh however one of the uh the latest oh sorry shan do you want to have a quick 
you had put some you had a point to make um no i was just being sarky about um 30 year old oh. law not being precious but ah, right fair enough uh well, f- the final uh, news item came out today is that good old um, Thargoid Bov- Botherer Salvation has now claimed that Thargoid forces will shortly launch an assault on the Kornsar system, uh, to which everyone else is going, what are you on about? We've got nothing here that's worth attacking over. And um, basically, Aegis is now saying, well, we can't do whatever uh, they're saying because uh, we've been shut down. Um, Psychic. I, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on this one, Colin. Um, the the voice of salvation in this um, in this gownet. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it follows the same tone as previous voices of salvation? Because I was talking about this earlier with some other people, and um, they both said that it sounded a lot more um, a lot more straightforward and straight to the point, and with less flowery religious adjacent terminology well first of all the is is this is salvation actually quoted in the galnet yes. uh, sound file because i haven't listened to that yet i'm just reading it off the off the galnet news website oh, um, it's not it's not it, we've, we've never heard a salvation voice or anything all oh, right okay it, it, it's just like the language that is used to me just doesn't yes. sound quite as flowery or you know that sort of salvation esque. Yeah, I mean to me this just says this says straight to the point. It says Conser is under threat. Uh, you better watch out. And I, I guess I think everybody needs to watch out what might happen on Thargs Day, <laughs> as as uh, <laughs> they like to they like to call it on uh, Galnet News. Do you think Bruce might have been a day a week early, maybe? <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, i hate was, to speculate <laughs> yeah you mean the fact oh, oh we don't want people to lo- to lose their stuff on the cgs better oh, not co- put it in line oh they're all oh, come back to the bubble because the the cg is something you don't want to miss out on and it's just a combat cg mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think you might be a week ahead mate yes right <laughs> So basically, that's uh, the Galnet news caught up with. Um, in other news, the Anti-Xeno Initiative have now added new ranks. Uh, they, you can look it up at uh, wiki antizenoinitiative.com uh, and ACE rank rework. So they're, they're doing some uh, reworking on their anti-Thargoid rankings. Uh, so it sounds like they might be ready just in time. We're speculating about this. Um, So, Chris, it's that time of the week again. Score a lot. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. In the bi-weekly newsletter, here come paint jobs for your art. And welcome back. Um, Shan, just quickly about the store alert. Well, I was going to comment uh, about um, what is it with cowboy hats in, <laughs> in the stores. You know, uh, uh, 
I want to see different varieties of hats, you know, like a bobble hat or a Christmas time, a Santa hat or something like that. You know, I just don't get like, what's the fixation with cowboy hats. I, I really don't, especially since it's a cowboy hat over a helmet. I'm sure I would have thought a bobble hat <laughs> or actually a beanie with a little propeller on the top or little thrusters on the top that spins you around would be perfect. Yeah, a beanie with a on the top. Right. Well, the, a fez. Yes, yeah. trash. Trash. We, want, we want a fez from the Kablam man. Yes. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, now, Shan, for those of you who don't know, Shan is referring to the plainsman diplomat style of um, uh, new suit that, or skin that you can get for your commander as they walk about. Um, it does look a bit Lone Ranger. <laughs> And yes, it's it's an interesting little um yeah. <laughs> I mean why look like a cowboy? They really do want you to look like brown coats from uh uh from Firefly, don't they? Crash. Yeah, I th- overall I don't mind the style, it's just something about that visor. It just for me it doesn't fit the rest. I wish I could mix and match at a more granular level, but I guess we're just stuck with that. But uh, yeah. there we go. Yeah, Bitstorm says, haven't they released this three times already? Yeah. Um, it does look a tad familiar. They, um, they do seem to do subtle colour variations. But now it comes in sand! <laughs> <laughs> you can tell they've been watching so much of The Mandalorian, isn't it? Is this sort of, it reminds you of the sort of planes, the, the drifters. Maybe that's because they want it to be Wild West settlements and things like that. So, Oh, have you seen this week's new spitting image, by the way? Uh, no, I don't have Britbox. Season two, Spitting Image. They have a brilliant uh, Mandalorian sketch in it. Was oh, that Boris Johnson as the Mandalorian by any chance? No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's Mandalorian, Mandalorian with a teenage baby Yoda. Oh, teenage. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to know. Um, in other things that you can buy, there is now the Karma C44 Huntsman, which is basically an SMG that looks like a skin zebra <laughs> and we have the federal corvette pirate uh paint job which you can also have crash yeah i i do like the pirate one actually i might get that from my corvette and i'm only really mentioning the corvette just to wind up Karumba in the chat because he says yeah, I should no, you should it. definitely you should definitely yeah. keep your corvette definitely buy mm-hmm. all of the skins for it it's a good yeah. good ship good ship good yes Excellent. Um, we do have to say um hi to ty from the uh, from the Loose Screws podcast, yes, they say that they'll be fixing the you, your federal Corvette skins soon. Uh, I I know that he's been he's been quite upset about the fact his federal Corvette in Odyssey doesn't look as good as it does in Horizons. So um, yes, that's on the that's apparently going to be coming soon. Um, so with the uh, with everybody discussing the. Um, uh, the store alert. We're going to take a short break and come back with our main discussion after these messages. Are you thinking of suing over missile Python protection insurance? Had an accident in an airlock or slipped in a space station cargo bay and thinking of suing for compensation? Well, don't. Try to take my ship commander to court for making fertilizer out of my crewmates. Legal fees have left me with nothing and now I'm hungry. All the time. At Watton Prittany, we take small print very seriously. We have a massive team of lawyers just waiting to block your case and ramp up your legal costs. 
I wanted a simple, no win, no fee arrangement. My case got blown out of the water by Watt and Brittany and now I have to rent out my arse for hydrogen fuel. At Watt and Brittany we have a saying, if you don't want a beating, stay out of our court. I was savaged by a wild creature whilst fixing a vending machine. Can't I claim compensation? No you can't, because we have a massive team of lawyers and you're just someone who works for a living. Watt and Brittany, don't even think about it. This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to FuelRats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? I was overseeing the delivery of some slaves to the starport in Exios, and a cleaning robot had just washed the floor, but not left a warning sign. I had to run after a slave that was escaping, and I slipped and fractured my wrist. I was delayed for 10 whole minutes while the Medicomp repaired the damage. My time is billable. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was on a regular trading room back to Seoul, and it was my job to repaint the outside of the ship. I was given the wrong kind of EVA clamps. Nothing bad actually happened, but it did give me a fright. Can I get compensation? Yes, you can. I was checking some robots through customs when I distinctly heard an official call the robots clanks. I was deeply offended, even though I'm not a robot myself. That's their word. You're not allowed to use it. Can I claim for moral outrage? Yes, you can. At Cowell and McGrath, we are now taking any kind of legal action. No case too small, no justification too frivolous. If you've been lightly inconvenienced, embarrassed, or in any way put out, then someone should be made to give you money. Don't be a stupid clank. Uh, excuse me? Cowell and McGrath taking on any case, playing the percentages. And welcome back. Now, um, as you have probably, as we were discussing earlier in the show, um, one of the things that we we thought we'd do is we'd touch on uh, the plot that's happening at the moment in uh, Elite Dangerous. Uh, Although, Shan would like to talk about the store alert just for a second again. Um, yes, I was just going to put forward a suggestion for a new outfit or a new suit um, for the store. And it would be called the pants on fire outfit, in <sighs> which the pants, the trousers would be have like flames coming up them just to kind of like add decoration. Had to ask, Colin. <laughs> I, you see, I'm not, I'm, I'm just letting it go. I'm going full frozen and just letting it go. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah, so he can take his flaming pants. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, on other 
on the other subject, um, we were going to discuss today the ongoing plot that's happening uh, with Elite Dangerous, because I think it's universally accepted that ever since Galnet and the CGs have come back, that the the narrative that's been happening has um, has really, really taken off and is one of the more positive things that everybody, Odyssey and Horizons people, can enjoy. Um, so... I mean, we've discussed this before and things have moved on a little bit. I mean, the present state of the galaxy as it is, is that the uh, NMLA and the Marlinist situation seems to have settled down a little bit with the, the Marlinist colonies stabilizing. Um, we have the Federation slowly, what feels like, fragmenting. Um, the, <laughs> the Alliance is still just being the Alliance, uh, nothing much there happening apart from the fact that um, Mahan has just said, you know, if you'd listened to me, we would have something decent to respond against the Thargoids with. Uh, and because of that, Aegis is practically um, in stasis, while all the rest of the time we have this uh, uh, salv it's salvation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, salvation is that they're taking on, on the mantle of what Aegis should be doing and saying, um, there are Thargoids coming. So uh, there is quite an awful lot going on here in Elite Dangerous in the background. So um, first of all, I'll just go around and, and get everybody's opinion of where they are in where they are with the plot and whether or not they've, been, they've actually been engaging with it. So um, obviously, Shan, off we go. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, I, I haven't been engaging with the plot too much because I've been busy real life hurting my neck doing drag. Anyway, um, so the question is, why again was Aegis not doing anything? Has that been, has it, has the, has it been sufficiently explained in the story as to why all of a sudden salvation's popped up? And I know, admit I haven't been paying attention to the story too much, but I, I want to make sure that when we get, when we talk about story, people at least have a context for what we're discussing about. Well, it, it seemed that Aegis, the, the, the last couple of years where Aegis seems to have gone quiet, um, mostly due to the fact that the Thargoid menace uh, had, had, had retreated or had gone quiet themselves, um, Aegis seemed to be just this thing in the background. Yet when the Thargoids came back, they didn't seem to have any kind of response and there wasn't air, the Eagle Eye Network didn't respond or anything like that. Uh, and after an investigation into Aegis by the superpowers that's been found wanting and people have resigned and they've cut funding. So that's what's happened with Aegis. Is that what you're after, Shan? Uh, yeah, so basically Aegis are like... Um, XCOM. Well, they're like, Idris, they're like Idris Elba's organization in Pacific Rim, aren't they? Where they think the kaijus are gone, they all go away and go back to sleep and do what they want. Everyone's all happy, and then, surprise, surprise, the bad guys pop up again. Is that about right? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like XCOM between XCOM 1 and the old XCOM and XCOM <laughs> 2, because basically in XCOM you managed to beat the aliens, and in XCOM 2 they all came back from under the sea, as opposed to... Um, the latest version of XCOM where even though you won, you lost. Um, I never got that, but to be honest. Anyway, it's like it. 
you've got to remember also that most recently, Aegis has lost a mega ship. Yes. I mean, that was, <laughs> now I forgot about that. That was the major trigger for this investigation. Exactly. Aegis, Aegis lost a mega ship full of uh, Guardian components, which uh, they were going to research on, just like Ramtao did. And uh, surprisingly enough, it went missing. Now, they suspect the Thargoids, but it could be. The Thargoids could be quite a strong possibility, but you never know with this. We don't have any confirmation of anything. No, it could be Salvation. It could be The Club. Although I don't know whether or not The Club is still an ongoing thing. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, that's that's where Aegis are. And when the investigation happened, a lot of the research scientists were let go because they were more interested in talking to the uh, Thargoids rather than blowing them up. So that 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 seems to be a yeah. Uh, so how do, how does everybody feel about what's happening with um, Aegis and Salvation? Do you think Salvation is somebody who has left Aegis and gone rogue? No. No. What do you think then, Psychic? I think that salvation and and i will quite happily be wrong about this um i think salvation is um d2 you think salvation is d2 yeah that's my guess that would be my guess um i know i know that a connection between salvation and the witch is sometimes dotted about as well um but i am i'm i there's something about it that just has me convinced that it's going to be d2 Yes. Now, um, okay, we're going to have to put in a little bit of a spoiler we warning. Are, yeah. But if anybody hasn't played through the the latest uh, content with um, involving, uh, you know, the latest treasure hunt, uh, which was the oh, what was the name of the? It's cash. That's the one, which was originally out there in in um, uh, in Colonia. Um, what has happened is that <laughs> it does appear that this organization that we've been tracking with all the, the new uh, content I have been experimenting with, um, uh, how should I put this, Thargoid human hybrids. Um, they are, it looks like they've been trying to plug human beings into Thargoid ships. And uh, yes, one subject escaped. It's not being every single experiment they've had so far has failed, apart from one subject who is D two, and they escaped thanks uh, thanks to the gentleman who crashed in uh, in Colonia. So it's not Anna Sheridan then. Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking that. I mean, both me and Ben were t- were getting strong B five vibes from all of the Babylon five vibes. For those of you who don't know what B five is, uh, because yes, um, the the people had to be surgically altered in order to be um, put in. <laughs> Actually, should this be a spoiler alert for people watching Babylon five? Yeah. Oh my God, Betch. Shan, that, that series is over how how many years old now? I'm dying, just ask the question. Um, anyway, I, I'm just wondering about uh, Salvation. Um, I wonder if it's connected with uh, Jasmine Halsey. And that's another vision, name that's been floated about with it, yeah. With her vision, you know, because she went missing ages ago, didn't she? Mm-hmm. And then she saw these beings, super intelligent beings, whatever. 
So it would be good if it is a tie back to that because we never really found out what happened to her and who she saw and what she saw. And stuff so like she that. gave a character witness not too long ago um, as part of, oh, I can't remember who's... I can't remember whether it was a trial or whether it was just an investigation, but she was um, she was interviewed and she said that her those hallucinations that she had um, were just that they weren't anything, um, anything exciting. Now, people put that down as a retcon, but mm-hmm. my my specific feeling of it is like if she wants to be seen as um as a as a sane character witness, she's not going to go. Oh yes, I saw visions and had words from people that don't exist anymore. Because that would mean she is a crazy person. I know. So <laughs> you think that Halsey could be salvation, or it's one of the possibilities? She's on the list of potentials. Yes. Uh, the other the, the other potentials we have got obviously is D two. Um, now, you put this forward, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, Psychic, what's this about? Do you think there's a connection between D2 and Theta 7? It's just the numbering. Mm. It's the, 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 cho- the choices of, um, of, of numbering for them that they could be. It, it's not, it's not, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to say, but it's quite funny to see that there is a a letter, be it a Greek alphabet letter and a um and a number, and then like a, a Romanic alphabet um, letter and a number. What's to say that theta seven weren't more test subjects further down the line once they'd got all the way to Z in um uh, uh English uh, uh words. Uh, yeah, Cyrillic? Is that the right word? I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Cyrillic, yeah. Cyrillic, okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing was, I if I thought they were connected, then D2 would have been Delta 2, I think. Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. If they moved from the um, Cyrillic alphabet and then the next set of people were like the, the Greek alphabet or something like oh, that, right, it I could see, have moved further. Because um, potentially, with the amount of escape pods that um, engineer requires there's probably plenty of people that they people could use as um test subjects yeah i mean it's it's an interesting thing to uh to speculate um <laughs> do we have any other sus- suspects of who um who salvation could be Shall the witch I was just wondering, in fact, whether or not, because people are thinking all this points to another incursion with the with the Thargoids. Um, but my tinfoil hat on, what if it doesn't? What if it's actually pointing maybe towards Guardians or a more powerful human faction? Maybe, as you say, creating these human-Thargoid hybrids. So it's not direct Thargoid combat. It's something else other than that. Yeah, Which, um... Yeah, I can I can see what you mean. Um, it it does feel like there could be another Inara out there that instead of actually flying around in 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 black ships or a black fleet, they they actually already have human hybrid, human Thargoid hybrid ships. Oh, oh, oh yes, yes, and Etienne Dawn's love of um, uh, escape pods means he's in on it because he uses the people in the escape pod <laughs> as test subjects for the genetic engineering. It, it all fits together, you see. Fixed, sold. <laughs> Etienne Dawn's fault. 
It's Eddie and Dawn's fault. Uh, yeah, it's that. I mean, that is a possibility. I do like the fact that um, I think that's Kai, Black Sky Legion. He was there. He's he says that he's um, he knows of Thunderchild, which was an AI which was designed to fight against the Thargoids back in the Inara days. Um, and when the Thargoids came back in three three o four, it was reactivated activated, left the lab, and to hide amongst the people and prepare the fight against Thargoid Returns. I think in... I, you know, I th- I must have missed that one, or my, my old age memory is... is I can't That's recall also, it. It's uh, off a, um, a ship, isn't it? A mega ship? Um, oh, I forget the name of it. Let me have a quick Google. It's, it's just picking up signals, if memory serves. Mm. Um, something like Project Thunderchild. Oh, I'm I'm very very um, I'm very not not super f- um, familiar with it. If I'm honest, not a great name for something that's designed to fight aliens, is it? Yeah, apparently there is an article in Sagittarius Eye which which covers it in in great detail. So um, okay. we will point people back to the uh, to Sagittarius Eye so that uh, people can have a a good look at the. Uh, what they've come up with, um, which is ironic because basically AIs are supposed to be banned, aren't they? Uh, yes. Well, it, it, sentient AI is banned. You're allowed to have AI to do stuff. It's just sentient machines are banned. Right. Okay. So so basically we're allowed to have... Well, I don't know. Droids in Star Wars are sentient, aren't they? I don't know. Are they? Because I always thought they were, but they're, they're restricted with programming. So it's kind of like having a slave that's restricted. But they're not fully AI. Oh, we could get into some really strong physio- uh, uh, psychology. Of psychology? Phil- I can't, pr- that can't pronounce the word. This is the problem. <laughs> does, does, a, does a personality equal sentience? Because I don't think it does. I mean, my, my dog's got personalities. And people and gerbils and alpacas have personalities, but it doesn't mean they're sentient. Yeah, I think I'll Are agree. You that your dog isn't sentient. It's not a sentient being. No, it's a stupid mutt. Yeah, both. Uh, adding both to ben, the algorithm, adding <laughs> Both Ben and the Chris Mark Four have said R two D two has been smarter than half of the Jedi Order. So uh, <laughs> he's got to be sentient and self aware when you think about it. So, no, he just reads the script. <laughs> Yeah, he gets the script and he's able to read um, <laughs> to work out what's happening. <sighs> you know what? Sometimes I feel that R two D two is like uh, the 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 sergeant in Die Hard who's next to the lieutenant who who knows th- that what the bad guys are doing. <laughs> you, like, it, we need a chappy Bruce Willis talk to. Yeah, because basically, basically, and he's going to go. They're going to shoot the lights, and then you hear bang, bang, bang. Oh my God, they've shot the lights! Really? Uh, I, I like the idea of the Thunder Child thing, um, and it could well be right. I, I this part of my um, obsessiveness thinks the name's stupid because someone's like, oh Thunder Child. Oh great, that was the ship in War of the Worlds that killed the tripod, and then it got melted and sank. So why would you name? Anything after a ship that killed one bad guy and then just got melted. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, the it's other... like calling it Bismarck, isn't it? Oh, Bismarck blew up the hood. Oh, and then it got bombed. You know. Anyway. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the chat, people have pointed out that actually Theta 7 was called Theta 7 by the uh, Internal uh, Imperial Security Bureau. So um, that's that's just their designation. I don't think they've got any... I think it's disconnected with, um, uh, with D2, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, and they've gone quiet ever since basically the NMLA have had their bottom handed to them on their plate for I think the second time, or is it the third time now? <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've ever. Every time I've seen a CG with the NMLA involved, they get their backsides kicked. Shan, do do you think what we do in game will actually influence the way of the the story goes, or are we playing out each step? in order to reveal the next chapter? Well, you know what? I think uh, in the case of the NMLA and the case of the Federation, uh, I think we are. I agree. Uh, we, yeah, we, as far as those two storylines are going, I think they are completely and utterly following where the community leads them uh, and then making decisions based on what, what the results are from the community goals. Um, however, as far as the, the Thargoid thing is concerned, uh, and also the, um, uh, the you know, the, the breadcrumb trails and, and you know, the, the searching stuff that we do, I, I, th- I think that is preordained, like the interstellar initiatives were. They've been writing that out, they've been planning out this storyline, and there there is a point where this Thargoid situation with Salvation is going to end, but where the Federation and the Empire and even the Alliance are at that point, that will be completely up to the community. Sure. Yeah, I've got a question to Crash, really, and I'm sure he remembers. Crash, a while ago, you said you would never shoot at a Thargoid because you wanted the, you didn't want to be in any of them, <laughs> and you wanted to be their friend. And well, not necessarily a friend, I just didn't want to start a war. <laughs> So, do you feel as though that was ever an option of not starting a war with the Thargoids by being friendly to them and feeding them escape pods and whatnot? Do you ever feel that that was an option we could have done, or do you think we were always destined to have a combat with them? I I think more just out of human nature. I don't think it matters how much... uh, I don't think I could have convinced enough people not to fight. So, no. Regardless, I don't think it was a case of uh, frontier engaging in railroading, like like you you'd see in like D and D or something. I think it was more of a case of humans are just naturally going to do this thing, <laughs> and they're going to be assholes, and that's what happened. So, do you think they would have if people had been non-trigger friendly? You know, just did become in peace the Picard way rather than the Kirk way? Do you think? They would have thrown away all the AI and all the game mechanics and all the models and stuff like no, that. Oh no! I mean, at a guess, I think they would um, find another reason to inject it back in again. Yeah. I think. I, I think as much as I would say they didn't railroad, I would. Say, I'd say they didn't have to because things turned out the way they they really wanted it to. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I remember Michael Brooks at the time saying there is a chance to have peaceful relations with the Thargoids, but it's a very very small chance and i think we probably blew that in the within i think the first month of the game <laughs> um so goodness knows um but we've moved on quite a lot since then psychic you had a, a comment on the yeah um so when 
uh, Gwynning Crow did a um, did an interview with Arth about um, narrative, and um, one of the questions that he asked him was very similar to the question that um, Shan just asked: "Is um, do you do you think that there was a chance for um, uh, a Thargoid um, Thargoid piece in all of that time?" And um, I'm not quoting directly, but I'm quite close. Um, Arth said that there would be, have to be a considerable change to the code to mean that Thargoids would be friendly. <laughs> I mean, I must admit, as soon as we discovered the Guardians um, had said that they had tried every possible way to communicate with the, Gar with the, the Thargoids to try and resolve um, their conflict, that <laughs> it was, I just knew that now that the Thargoids are the big bad and the you can try as much as you, you can feed them as many escape pods as you like. It ain't going to kick off. It, it's it's just going to kick off. Well, what was that about Stephen Usher's show? Well, didn't he call that? If Stephen Usher <laughs> hadn't suckered you and the rest of the radio crew into put a Guardian artifact into a thyroid structure, we would have been sitting down having tea and cucumber sandwiches with the thyroid right now. So you're basically blaming uh, Stephen Usher for suggesting it, and me and Ben uh, for totally, action. totally, totally. That wasn't the title of the stream. Is we started a war with Stephen Usher? Wasn't that something like the title? So this poor crash, attempting galactic relations with the Thargoids, which isn't as rude as it sounds, Ben. But anyway, um, Ben and you three come along like bulls in China shop and pee them off, and then they wage war. So it's completely your fault, Colin, completely Ben's fault, and especially Stephen Rush's. Great. So now you're telling me this is, I was involved in the equivalent of the assassination of Grand Duke Franz Ferdinand. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And by the time you did that, it didn't matter what Crash did. We were doomed. <laughs> we're doomed. We're doomed. I was on the right side of history. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, the, that's so, going to be by the wrong side of the plasma bolt that's heading towards you. Exactly. <laughs> so, in all seriousness, though, do we do we detect anything like this hard coded approach that Psychic remembers? Do we detect anything like that in the storage? Do we think? Do we think we're going to have to side with Salvation, or will we be able to have an option of killing Salvation, or what? Do you think? Well, um, at the moment, it. I thought it was going to be um, we've got to make a choice of either working with Salvation or, or working with Aegis. But since since I originally thought that, Aegis has gone the way of the Dodo, effectively. So it's it's just, I think, a case of waiting to see what um, Salvation and the Thargoids can, uh, happen uh, next. We have Karum one, CJ. Yeah, Karumba in chat, Colin, has given us this diplomatic solution to the uh -huh. Thargoid conflict. And Karumba says in chat, I think Colin needs to go apologize to a Hydra in his shieldless adder armed only with a Xenoscanner. And I, yeah, I agree. Definitely. That works. You utter. Uh, listen, I'm doing, I'm doing top shifts in an adder at the moment as, as penance. <sighs> Psychic, save me. <laughs> we, had, we had one CG where we had to choose between um, Salvation and Aegis. Um, a little while back, and I think like not too long 
after that CG, ages went and lost the Alexandria, or it was just before that CG. So um, they um, Salvation won the the uh, mm. whatever the argument was, whatever we had to bring to one or the other. I think I brought a couple of bits to Salvation at one point, but um, I think it was almost um, either immediately after that or like a couple of weeks after that that the <laughs> they they went. Oh no, we're just going to misplace this mega ship as well. Now, Chris Mark IV has just discovered my hatred for the adders is the same because they've got adder pilots hogging the pads. <laughs> yeah, you, Sean, you're doing it. Yeah, I was going to ask about the CGs. Um, just remind me, did the CGs have the same rewards, or were or was one CG harder to get to than the other? Because that I, specific I, one. Yeah. I know that there's been they've had that in the past where I've noticed that there've been CGs where you know there's one where I wanted the empire to win but the the empire win, win conditions were phenomenally more difficult to achieve than the than the federal ones uh but I don't think as far as uh any of the the Thargoid or Salvation ones I don't think there's been anything there which has been too unbalanced yeah because that is the other thing isn't it is are do people do the cgs because they follow the story and want to support either salvation or whoever it is do they do that or do they just look at the rewards and look at the criteria and go oh that's that's an easy 10 million or that's an easy way of getting a super discovery scanner i'll do that one i'm just i'm sure there's a i'm sure it's not either or i'm just wondering what proportion of players do you think do it for the story and do it for the rewards uh, yeah, I mean, that was quite interesting because Malchad in the chat has said that the actual CG was in, f- in favour of the people who got the new shard cannon because apparently that, that was the main motivator for that one winning, he reckons. Crash, you were saying about rewards? <laughs> yeah, for me, it's rewards, <laughs> I must admit. I, I do like that there is more to it and there's a reason for what's going on. I think it's it's great for everyone who's really into that stuff, but I must admit I'm a little bit selfish with it, to be honest. I just want the shiny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Malchat said it was Salvation that gave away the um, uh, the the Shard Cannon, and people seem to want the Shard Cannon, so um, <laughs> Salvation. So there's one. something else that Aegis did, though. On the back of that one, um, I can't remember what Aegis did. I'm trying to find it, but it's very tricky. Hmm. So here's another devious thought. Um, okay, do you, could it be possible, or is it? Do you think it actually happens where Frontier choose a CG location on Criteria because they know people like materialistic crash go after rewards mm-hmm. and and they choose that option because that's the way they want the story to go and if we wanted to really test whether it was player driven should we not be bloody minded and do the opposite to what the easy <laughs> one is that is the shan disruptor at work is it you want the shan disruptor well, i just want to see what happens <laughs> um crash yeah, uh, I, I, I would absolutely do the same thing given that chance. But no, I mean, in Frontier's position, that's how I would railroad it. <laughs> make, make the big shiny thing look look tempting. Look over here. It's the, don't look at the other things. Look at the shiny <laughs> thing here. It yeah, works. I mean they can they can railroad it. I think what what we're saying and um, 
but I think that if the community decides that, hang on, we've had enough of being uh, led by the nose here, there is still the opportunity for them to say, no, we're not doing that. It's like it. I found it. I found what Aegis offered. Oh, what did Aegis offer? It was a discount. Um, it was it? a discount. Discount. Ah. I'm God, like for Guardian equipment. And to be fair, everybody's got that already, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think everybody in there looked at that and said, well, got that already. So let's go support Salvation. I didn't. Just personally, um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I went, Aegis has had their chance. Let's go support Salvation and see what they can do. I must admit, that's the way I'm working at the moment because I'm not that bothered about the rewards, mm-hmm. which is a kind of a weird thing. But then again, if people know me from Powerplay, they know I don't module shop. I just stuck with a one power, even though and their module is absolutely rubbish. So, <laughs> um, Shan? I, I'm actually with Crash. I mean, I... If there, if there was a, I don't know, a CG to deliver medical supplies to Space Wuhan that gave you 10 billion credits, I'd be there. You know, I'd be, yeah, okay, most rewards, away you go. Don't care about the story. Just give me the stuff. And I think that is the way most players do it. And but I would love for I would love for people to do the opposite of what takes better just to see what happens in a really crucial part of the story. Just, just so that you can actually imagine Arth going, oh, I'm ripping my hair out. Oh, um. well, well I, I did have it for Michael Brooks at one LaveCon. That do you remember the um, when Jax misjumped? Oh yeah, what we will now call Colonia, and then some player found it by looking at the population. The oh, yes, I remember. The, the same way that some people found the Guardian ruins by just managing tri- to triangulate what the the stars were. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, well, with, with Jax, Michael Brooks was fairly oh, admiringly miffed, is the way I'll describe it. But he was, he, was, he was a bit miffed that they had all this plot line leading players to find jacks and a huge line of cgs and breadcrumb clues and all that that was going to set the players months and months and months of story content to find jacks and then someone just goes and finds it and they have to then ditch the lot you know what and that actually makes me quite sad because that is content or that we've all missed out on Sorry, I'm full of admiration for the guy who found it by that way. Sorry. um, Yeah, I mean, the same way that I've got admiration for the guys that uh, worked out exactly where the Guardian ruins were within, I think it was in two or three days of seeing the trailer uh, and finding the Guardian ruins as 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 soon as they'd been released. I have a massive amount of respect of the the fact they were able to... uh, uh, analyze and and find the the exact position just by using those stars however it did rob us of you know the content that would take us there and i feel that was a loss um chan back to you well i mean all these things were when michael brooks was in michael brooks tenure so back then i can completely believe he had content lined up if this happens and this happens and um, the other one he spoke about was and I, I don't remember the name of the faction but there was a there was a terrorist faction in the empire mm-hmm. many years ago and then there was the empire and well it's just empire's it, dawn it could be yeah that, that yeah. does ring a bell but anyway there was there was a few cgs and they were gearing the story to have the empire defeat 
in, you know, and thingy dawn quite easily because they thought people would take the side of the empire against terrorists. But actually, what happened was people just wanted to be terrorists, <laughs> and so they then had to they then had to change it. Now I kind of feel as though the story doesn't give us that option because of the way the rewards and locations and all the stuff like that to be able to do that sort of mischief. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to have a like a complete Loki clan, call it Loki if you like, just to completely create, try and create mischief in the storyline to see what happens. <laughs> Crash. Yeah, I think it, it, it is a sad thing, but I think that, that's very much a, a product of what happened because those kind of things happened in the past. Frontier have learned that they just can't afford to spend the time and the resource in preparing that far ahead in yeah. order for it to be trashed. They have to plan things which are not going to be a complete waste of time. It's just financially it makes sense to do. It's a shame, but that that's that's the nature of it. They can't run it like a D&D game and just have all of their... You know, if you're if you're doing it like a like a like a DM and you're prepared and it all went to shit, yeah, you'd be annoyed. But it's just your own time. If it's a company running that, they've got to be more planned and more prepared to you know absorb that financial loss. Yeah, that 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 is one thing that we we do have to um, remember is that you know all that work that um, Michael Brooks had put in, basically there was going to be all the all the, the CGs and all the planning that would be involved with those CGs, that's all lost. And it, it took it took time and money to put that together. Um psychic. Um the thing that makes me laugh is when um you see people going, Oh, but if we don't if this side doesn't win, it means that we're not gonna get a brand new ship. And I'm like, are you absolutely the same it were um mentality yeah. of like the work being lost what part of you could possibly think that they're going to put all this work into a brand new ship um yeah. and not bring it into the game cover them up for <clears throat> shan yeah on, on the lost work bit um michael brooks did mention that although the work they did for the hunt for jacks wasn't going to happen there was enough material and mechanics in there for them to reuse it as something else um so i guess that's something that did come out of it another thing i thought on this um loki cg mission is i wonder if you did enough loki is loki um to <laughs> stymie cgs whether they would just keep upping the rewards to get people back on the right track. So let's say, for example, the next three CGs, people went against what people wanted the narrative to be. Would they then say, oh, for the next CG, you have to deliver 100 tons of hydrogen to Lave Station, and if you do that, you get 10 billion credits. You know, would they keep upping it to persuade people to not be a Loki? I don't think, I don't think it's that... Um, that that far of inverse, and I don't think it's um, as much of uh, as heavy of a payout now, or as heavy as a difference as maybe it would have been had, um, or maybe that might what Michael Brooks had done. Um, the Colonia that that just predates my um, a lot of like my gameplay is the Colonia stuff. I was just wondering how far they'd go to get. But I don't, I don't, I don't think it would be. 
I, I don't think the the payoff for a lot of the things that they're doing at the moment is quite as substantial. I will very happily be proven wrong. Uh, Crash. I was just going to say there that, you know, at least on a positive note, and what I would take from that is since then, I can see that they've effectively been refactoring what they've got. So, you know, in, in this situation, like, like, like you were saying, they're a, a ship, they'd probably create that anyway, and they would put it up. They would plan to put it up. It's several re reward opportunities. And yeah, just, absolutely. You know, and just see like, oh, well, they, they you know, threw this uh, offer away we'll put another one up and you know put a and they've learned that they've learned that from from the failures in the past and thought well you know we have to uh, kind of decouple the rewards from the activities almost to make sure that they are usable yeah, yeah. gimbal gimbal beam lasers one <laughs> i mean one thing that i still remember is if you remember the scourge interstellar initiative which is almost two years ago now um leave got hit quite badly by it and it did seem that it's never really recovered. Is this a Cerberus plague thing? Was Cerberus. No, remember the, the Interstellar Initiative. There was um, someone had, had poisoned the the fertilizer that made everything. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. They, it killed off basically crop production. Um, well, they've got hit really, really bad by that. Uh, even so, that you couldn't even get Levy and Brandy. And the problem is, ever since then, um, they sort of said, "No, you, you, you give, you, you put, what is it? Um, there's this commodity that you trans uh, transport there, and it's supposed to up and restore the fields. Well, we restored it a little bit, but for the last two years, Lave seems to have been stuck on only being able to produce tea and Lave brandy." And I'm wondering whether or not we're stuck like that permanently now. I don't know, but I wish I'd known about the Cerberus plague earlier. I'd have gone visiting everywhere, I tell you. <laughs> and try, try and shut everybody down. Yeah, of course. Emerging gameplay. Actually, have we bug reported the Lave Station thing? Or yeah, is it, is it like a vict frontier victimized Lave Station because we're rude about them sometimes? There you go. <laughs> Tinfoil hat. <laughs> Tinfoil hat. I don't know. We could send a, a message to Sally to ask whether or not we're being punished. <laughs> it's Ben's fault. Yeah, well, it always will be Ben's fault. But you know, but I'm I'm sure he can produce enough fertilizer to 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 get the fields working again. I don't want to know what Ben does to get fertilizer. Sorry. Well, no, he's the head of health and safety, so he know he knows where it all goes to. Anyway, right. I th I think. Uh, we're going to wrap up the main discussion right now. Um, overall, um, is everybody enjoying where the plot is taking us? Um, Crash? Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. Like I said, I mean, I feel a little bit disconnected from it because I'm just a passenger, but it, it's, I've got my popcorn out and I'm enjoying it, yeah. So a good spectator sport for you then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, of course I am. Of course I am. I like I like the speculation. I really like the being able to sort of sit sit down. I was doing um remember when they, they did that thing on Twitter that a lot of people didn't like, but they did a thing on Twitter where they were slowly revealing parts of a message each day. And it was quite a quite a fun little bit of shenanigans. Um, yeah, I miss it when they did they, they yeah. that quite a lot. But yeah, that it, like some people didn't like it because they were like, "But it isn't in the game, so it's not like 
and um, some of us don't use social media. Yeah. All right. Um, but they they did this thing on Twitter and on Instagram where they had these um, these um, bits popping up, and it was really really cool. And I remember um, we'd only heard of um, Azimuth Biochemical once at that point, yeah. and it'd been flippant mentioned by a detective for the I want to say. Oh my gosh, I can't remember what the name of the detective agency. I, I almost had it there and then I forgot. But um this this detective have mentioned that um uh um Azimuth had um liquidated or something like that. And then Azimuth came up on one of these um these words, and I was with, with Crow at the time. And I lost my goddamn mind. And I really enjoyed those feelings of going, oh, there's something that can tie into a previous thing. And they're really good at doing that. And I'm really excited to see how I can like make those, join those dots. I, I sound like somebody, a crazy person in front of a board with a lot of red um, uh, cotton at the moment. But I promise I'm not. I don't have one of those boards. That's Malik. Yeah, so basically one of the boards with all the cotton wires <laughs> bits in the map and showing how everything's connected. Uh, I mean, personally, I'm looking forward to eventually flying a Thargoid human hybrid ship. That's that's where I think this is all going. <laughs> Get your authors out for the lads. Yes. So would they call it the Turner Mark II or something? <laughs> yeah, I I mean, it would be... It would be I mean, we've had um, Guardian fighters but yeah that that big weird um but it was the what, what did you call it psychic the authoress yeah the authoress um thargoid interceptor that just turned up and then disappeared and it looked very different from your standard thargoid we could you imagine flying one of those Obviously, obviously, they're imagining it that hard. They've gone completely well, no, silent. I, I, I was just trying to imagine trying to get it to dock and asking for docking permission. <laughs> no, imagine, imagine that you know you got a choice. You can either plug yourself into that because once you're plugged in, you can't leave, <laughs> and now you fly around the galaxy in that for the rest of you. Rest in of open. your commander. When, in when you're in it, when you're in it, you're not allowed to go to a private group or solo. You can only play right in the <laughs> open. It's, it's like the old Jedi in, in Star Wars Galaxies. <laughs> That's it. No more elite feet for you. We've done all this Odyssey, but we're going to plug you into an authoress going forward. So you're not actually allowed to leave your ship anymore. Yay. Sorry. I like that. I like that. I want to make sure that everybody has that opportunity. You can take that red pill. Yes, that that's it. You are you are merged with the ship. That ship is, is you. Uh, but as soon as your your command your ship is destroyed, that's it. You're back into back into your your normal. Uh, and then you've got to go through a whole rigmarole to get back into it again. <sighs> oh, I do like the game that we're writing right now. Oh, really Wintermute's got it. I can imagine plugging a crew member into an authoress. Yes, we need to put multi crew. Sorry, our NPC crew into Thargoid vessels. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh dear! We uh, somehow I knew that would appeal to you, Shan. Oh come on! Surely you do it. Oh, little Biggin wants to go one worse. He wants to say, if you die while you're flying that Thargoid ship, that's it. Your user account gets wiped, and you have to start again. Yeah, because you, you wouldn't have Thargoid. You actually die in the real world as well. <laughs> That is getting a bit extreme, but that is uh, going extreme red pill. I know oh. that the, 
I know this is the the matrix. The, the resurrection is coming at the end of the year, but wow, we don't have to go down that that rabbit hole. Oh, do you um, mean Cyberpunk twenty seventy eight? Is that what people are calling it now? <laughs> well, Kikano Reeves is definitely channeling Johnny Silverhand in that trailer. <laughs> no, Johnny Silverhand Reeves was just Johnny Silverhand was channeling Keanu Reeves, no matter what. Anyway, right, we shall quickly move on to the um, community corner. Uh, for those of you who are interested, yes, there's going to be a new top shift later in the week where I am yet again flying in an adder. God, I hate it. I really hate it. Uh, and I probably will be for the next couple of top shifts after that as well. You need to make peace with the Hydra, remember, Colin? <laughs> arrange this phrase uh, these words into a famous phrase or saying off sod um, right community corner we've got Mark Jones who's tweeted us about having issues on their X52 Pro due to perhaps the 32 button bug um, according to the default key map buttons 32 plus um, are below the green screen on the throttle so perhaps remove the bindings from there so or test it so you the you don't use the x52 keybind program um we've not been able to reproduce it so if they could send an email to info at live radio with more info perhaps we could get or some expert waggler uh, could uh, can help out with uh, command uh, mark jones um, yeah he's also from new zealand and of course we all know that Lay Radio is one of the top gaming podcasts <laughs> in New Zealand because they're because st- they're, they're now so bored, never being able to go anywhere, they resort to listening to Lay Radio. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hello to all our Kiwis, our Kiwi friends, uh, and hobbits down under. Uh, <laughs> Uh, our mostly clueless section we have from Jay Cruz. Um, touching back on this week's episode where a Super Cruise dropout tip was given, I have another tip that's helpful. Uh, on approach to the target destination and you've gotten to the point where you're at your six second distance speed and your throttle is in that sweet spot, keep an eye on your speed. Once you hit less than one uh, megameter a second speed, you can throttle up again which will allow you to speed up to approach the destination quicker, but without going too fast to drop out. This is particularly helpful if you're being chased in supercruise and don't wish to wait around to be interdicted when your ship is going at the speed of smell, waiting for the drop range to be reached. Unfortunately, we don't have Ben with us, so we don't know what the speed of smell actually is. He's going to kill me for that one. Well, I guess we can find out when you go and do your Hydra worship. <laughs> um, right. On to the next famous bit. Sai. Hi. You I... you sound en- enthusiastic well, about I it. Well, I mean, I got two entries during... Well, I got two submissions during the show um, from, from two commanders based on, um, the Shan's drag. Um, how did I guess that was going to come up? Prompt that, um, that was, that was brought up very early in the show. Um, do they, do do we need to give a warning for people who are listening to this? No, we absolutely don't. We absolutely don't. Um, one from Commander Little Biggin, who says, breathing heavily, Shan turned to RuPaul. Mama Ru's eyes narrowed as she looked at Shanilla. Shanilla, 
Shantae, you stay. And with a heavy sigh, RuPaul glanced over. Geronimo, sashay away. Geronimo left the room to a muffled sound of a gun cocking. That's one. And right. then we have, okay. we have a limerick. A limerick? A limerick from Commander Edelweiss. Oh, little known Commander, I don't know if you've heard of him. That has provided me with, there once was a drag queen called Shan, who abused his staff to a man. He murdered his cat in his dress. Fancy that. His prestige has gone right down the pan. Oh, round of applause to Ben for that one. I thought that was quite good. Ah, right. Um, would you like me to move on, Sean? Because I think I want to. <laughs> yes, I'm just busy writing my own um, entrance for next week, so to speak. My own contributions for next week. Yes, because we're going we're gonna to give you a warm hand in your entrance. Right, um, <laughs> on other business. Are you Ben in disguise? <laughs> I don't know um, what happened there. I what, think I got what, possessed. What have, you, what have you done with Colin? Can we have him back, please? Uh, right. Any other business? Well, I have noticed that um, uh, good old games, GOG, have actually brought out two of the, the best Star Trek games ever made. Um, that is Starfleet 3 and Bridge Commander. Now, um, for those of you who have... Who have um, seen Star Trek Bridge Crew. This was basically the equivalent of Bridge Crew um, about 10 years ago. And um, both Starfleet 3 and Bridge Commander, you used to, if you had a copy of those, they would go for almost hundreds on eBay. So Gog have just killed the market. <laughs> Shan? Um, yeah, I played, that, I played that many, many years ago. I'm not even sure I've got the disc or anything like that, but Bridge Commander, I did like. Bridge Commander, I know it's completely unreasonable, but Bridge Commander, sorry, Bridge Crew, sorry, Bridge Crew is what I wanted Multi Crew to be like in Elite. Completely unreasonable expectation, but yeah. Well, I yeah, I think a lot of people wanted that, to be honest. I know what that was one of the major disappointments with Multi Crew was that it, it didn't have that level of a compl or complexity. Uh, but the best thing about yeah, the best thing about Bridge Crew is if you had the Vive, you could press the trigger and it raised your middle finger on the screen. <laughs> so, I find, yeah, it was I worth find, the cost just for that. I found that out when I did. <laughs> I, I played Bridge Commander on Monday night and um, basically had a whole lot of problems with the Vive and things like that. But when we did have it working, uh, yes, the the amount of gestures you could you could be creative with with those controllers was quite fun um just to point out that uh, bridge commander it was originally done by the same team that did x-wing and tie fighter so um that it's really i can't recommend it enough if you if you want to find find out how difficult it is to fly the enterprise uh, and take on uh, romulan warbirds that that's the one to do it with um, so, has anybody got any other business that they want to quickly touch on? Ooh. I'm, I'm, I might have a little one. Yeah, I know. There's a tweet. Uh-huh, go on. There's a tweet that maybe the Flight Assist account made that I'd really appreciate if everyone just like blew out of the water. That'd be really good. Uh, would you care to go into any any further details about the tweet? So, you lose, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Colin. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, we we might have tweeted at Braben to ask if he wants to come on Flight Assist, and we really want to interview on Flight Assist. And let's face it, we do the fluffy slush plate pieces, so um, he's more likely to come and come and like speak like happy things with us than he is with anyone else. So please, can I go on there? It. No. So everyone, blow it out the water. Oh, that very helpful. I'm his biggest fan. We we we'd, we'd love we'd love for that to happen. Yeah, right. It'd be very fun. Biggest oh, yeah, fan. Right. Is that before or after the shit hits it? <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously, I was, um, I was, at, was actually, I was talking with some uh, people the other day, actually, and uh, we thought about how would we get a audience with senior people at Frontier to talk about the state of the game and stuff like that, and we debated about camping out sort of Frontier hours yeah. in in Cambridge. Um, you know, and we'd have some spectacular footage of being hauled off by security and stuff like that, which would be great fun. But then the whole plan kind of fell apart when we realised um, that A, there were no toilets nearby, and B, Frontier wouldn't let us use our, their Wi-Fi. Well, we, we couldn't even get anybody for uh, episode 300, so goodness knows. No, no, we and... camp outside. We camp outside. You can you can camp, you can get, get a tent, camp like, like an Extinction Rebellion. You just sit outside of... Okay, right. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap things up now, uh, and because I've just noticed what the time was, so um, I'll give our usually week weekly shout outs. So our sister station, Hutton Orbital, or Orbital, let me start that again. Our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, it broadcasts on a Thursday at eight thirty. Uh, you can tune in at Twitch TV. Uh, Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. I see someone is automatically adding stuff into the notes as even as I speak. Um, for the discerning commanders who like a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash EliteDangerousCQC. Um, we'll also give shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts which have appeared lately. So we've got Allograb AM, the Black Sky Legion, uh, there's the Canon podcast, the, the Elite cast for Spanish speakers, the Fatherhood podcast, good old uh, Flight Assist, uh, the Guard Frequency, uh, Loose Screws, and there's also New Worlds, uh, Zero Prep, which is... Um, Ben, Kai, and Sue just talking about stuff um, willy-nilly. Uh, squeaking Fuel and System Chat. Um, and then for those of you who want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, there's also the Data Sleep podcast, which was created by our station commander, Alan Stroud. Um, now, following this, we have the latest Galnet news provided by Commander Witherspoon and Commander Beetlejude. And we'll like to thank everybody who has chipped in on the Twitch chat and have we had many uh, in-game commanders, uh, Chris Mark IV? Uh, yes, we've had uh, Miggles and Crash have been in there, and uh, Vimes free. <laughs> Fine. Um, Shan, you've got one final point, which I'm rather scared to ask about. I put it in the chat. I put it in the chat for you to vet, but now you let me say it. I, I was just about to say, um, do we actually want Ben talking about Willy and Lily? Or would we rather he change the subject? But that's the thing about zero prep. They can talk about anything they want. They can talk about the nilly. They can talk about their... Oh, never mind. Um, right. Uh, we'll also say special thanks to Commander Tokoso, who created music for the new introduction for the show. Uh, but <laughs> that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. 
You can hit us up at facebook.com slash live radio, uh, tweet us at live radio, or you could join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash live radio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders like to hang out and chat, which you can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, word of warning, it is shared with the truckers, so if you can't handle truckers, don't bother. Um, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Crash, uh, thanks to Psykit, and thanks to Shan, and special thanks to goes of course, goes to the, today's tech specialist, the Chris Mark IV. So until next time, commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like someone having an orange inserted. Uh, need a safe word. Space can be done. I'm going to see the galaxy. Hold for two seconds, I'll be right back. Get running home! Galnet News Special, 14th of September 3307. A brief history of Onion Head. The current controversy and conflict over the proposed medical use of Onion Head by neo-medical industries is by no means the first time Onion Head has led to conflict. What is Onion Head and why does it create such division? To the legalised Onion Head movement, Onion Head originally came from one of the three water worlds of HIP 5518. This alien plant, with a flower and a seed head that reminded early settlers of the onion, produces in its seeds an alkaloid compound that when processed gives a psychoactive effect that is reported to be both pleasurable and addictive. Onion Head is not grown commercially in HIP 5511-8, but the enterprising farmers of Panem in Capafornasis managed to reproduce the growing conditions and during 3300 developed a roaring trade selling this highly desirable drug to the youth of the Federation and Empire alike. The plant is hard to grow 
and the product has a relatively short shelf life. And these issues with supply kept the price high and the profit margins healthy. In December 3300, just days before the end of the 33rd century, Federal President Jasmina Halsey, reportedly under pressure from the Federal Navy, tried to put a stop to this trade, which, in her view, was taking advantage of Federal youth and reducing their effectiveness in the workplace. She described Onionhead as a vile substance, rotting the minds of the young people of the Federation. The Federal Navy began a campaign of aerial bombardment of the Onionhead fields. This free publicity for the drug increased demand many times over, and the reports of farmers and their families rendered homeless by repeated and indiscriminate bombing helped to make President Halsey one of the least popular federal presidents ever, and create the conditions, when Halsey went missing a few months later, for the Republicans, led by Zachary Hudson, to take over government during the summer of 3301. The bombing of Pan Am, first with munitions and later with biocides, led to a new strain of onion head being developed by the drug barons, genetically altered to survive in its new home in Tanmark. Lucan onion head had the same mind-altering effects as the Pan Am variety, and it wasn't long before Halsey had that declared illegal too. Having gained power, President Hudson seemed significantly less interested in curbing the spread of onion head than his predecessor. Both the original Pan M onion head and Lucan onion head remained on sale, and by the start of 3302, two new strains of onion head, the Alpha and Beta strains, started production in Celabra and HIP 112972 respectively. All four strains were by now illegal in the Federation, Empire and in large parts of the Alliance, but only the lack of supply held back the wider adoption of these popular drugs. The trade in onion had continued as a profitable business with minimal interference from law enforcement for the next four years, but the relatives of those bombed by Jasmina Halsey weren't the sort of people to forget. Towards the end of 3305, a terrorist group called the Scythe of Panem created a genetically modified version of the biocide that had been used against the farmers of Panem. Introducing this into a new and highly desired fertiliser, they managed to spread the blight to hundreds of agricultural worlds. The resulting famine caused political instability across the bubble and left a legacy of intermittent crop failures that are likely to last for decades. Finally, after more than six years of onion head being a rare commodity, in mid-3307, the Kumo Council under Archon Delane came up with a breakthrough to make onion head available in large quantities to all who want it. It claimed that space dredger crew, the Blue Viper Club, invented the new cultivar which can be grown in artificial environments and which produces a product that can be stored and transported without a need for specialist refrigerators. A surprisingly muted response led to the new onion head gamma strain being made available in a small number of industrial anarchies for recreational use. Although the Kumo crew repeatedly claimed that the drug, which they refer to as Helix, has medicinal uses.
Archon Delane must have been as surprised as anyone when the Interstellar Health Organization conducted tests on the gamma strain and found that it does indeed have therapeutic benefits. As a result of this, and without consulting the Kumo Council, pharmaceutical giant Neomedical Industries decided to start marketing the drug for medicinal use in those independent and alliant systems where it is not banned. They're planning to make the drug available over-the-counter in about 15% of the industrial systems which have not made it illegal. It was only after Neomedical had started building the manufacturing lines that Archon Delane decided to use force to stop what he sees as the theft of his product. Attacking Neomedical's agent in Hythis, his campaign has been disastrously poorly supported, with the vast majority of combatants supporting the right of Neomedical to distribute a drug that, seven years after it first became available, now has a legitimate use outside of recreation. However, there seems little prospect that either the Emperor or the President who came to power, at least partly due to popular sympathy for the plight of the Onionhead farmers, will declare Onionhead legal anytime soon.